five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the usual voice you get to hear coming through your headphones in your car or blasting over the boombox above your head. Joined, as always, by Omni at Omni Strike. Sam at another Sam Chan. He's missing in action, as he had said he would be in the last episode. But don't you all worry. We got a far better guest to fill his <laughs> shoes, which isn't too difficult because, as we know, Sam's got very small shoes. But we got uh, Shy Guy from the Game House. You can find him at Shy Guy OW on Twitter. Welcome, Shy Guy. Well, thank you, you so much for having me. You know, I, I've been listening to you guys on this podcast for a while, um, and we, we've been, you know, trying to to get something like this set up. So I'm excited that it could finally happen, and I'm especially excited that that I don't have to be here while Sam is also here. <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome. You know, it, it it is definitely a bonus, I and mean, we've been trying to to look at ways to, to exit Sam from the podcast, but he's just keeps coming back. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that sort of good song. The cat came back the very next day, right? Yeah, really. yeah, it's a great start to the pot already. Yeah, it's going to be but, a classic. Uh, you are, uh, as I mentioned, uh, a an, a contributor over at the the game house. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what it is you do? I mean, you, we were talking just before we hit record. You're a Vancouver Titans fan in the was it the Southeast Continental U.S. Yes, exactly. So it, it might seem like a little bit of a, a strange fit, uh, but for me, it was perfectly natural. You know, I've been following Overwatch since well before the, the Overwatch League was even a thing, much less the, the Vancouver Titans. And, you know, through all of that time, my, the, the team that, that captured my imagination the most was, was always Runaway. And so it, it just made a, a natural fit for, for me to pick up the Vancouver Titans. And, you know, I got the, the opportunity to cover them with the, the Game House. So, you know, I've got regular coverage of the the team there in the forms of you know previews, recaps, analysis. So, you know, if you uh, are a, a fan of the Titans, and of course you are, since you're listening to this podcast, you know, I, I would love it if you would uh, check out my work. Well, where would they go to check that work out? Oh, of course that 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 is an important part of the equation. That is uh, thegamehouse.com. Uh, you. House spelled the the German way, so H A U S. Uh, we're 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 just a little bit edgy like that. Uh, trying to well, yeah, you are on Ready Set Pwn, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 not quite the the lead speak that y'all got going on here, but well, you know we're we're, <clears throat> we're doing our best. But yeah, we we've got coverage from all twenty teams over at the Game House. Kind of uh, an incredible group of writers over there. So you know, if you if you have any needs for for Overwatch written content whatsoever, we are on the ball there. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Now uh, I imagine the coverage for other Overwatch League teams at the Game House. You know, not that really anyone who listens to this podcast cares, but all <laughs> night. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, to be the good soldier, play my part. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we get one or two new readers out of that. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. I'm sure Sam will occasionally read a, you know, an article about the outlaws or the dynasty. Yeah, the dynasty for sure. He'll <laughs> a lot of the dynasty. 
But uh, with this particular episode, we're going to also mix things up. Sam's not here, so there's absolutely no rules that we need to follow. So we're going to actually jump into the fray first. Now, why are we going into the fray as opposed to the payload for our regular listeners? Well, you know, the Vancouver Titans didn't play over the course of the week or weekend as it happened to be, but it did have implications on what the Vancouver Titans will be doing this weekend for the Stage 3 playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about the weekend that was we'll talk about the stage three playoffs what we sort of see what's going to happen uh there's some stuff going on and then uh yeah we're gonna get into the payload where we think you might be interested in hearing a certain someone's point of view on what might be happening with the vancouver titans as we progress through the remainder of the season so let's take a short break before we jump directly into the fray As I mentioned, we're mixing things up here. We're going into the fray. We're not going to get into too much Vancouver Titans chatter here, but let's talk a little bit about the weekend that was. So it was the Atlanta homestand. Uh, so we didn't see any Overwatch League action Thursday or Friday. It all happened to be on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Now, uh, Shy Guy, you, you were in uh, Atlanta for this, were you not? Yes, I was I was in attendance. My, my first ever live esports event, and uh, I was incredibly excited because Atlanta is a, a city that I called home for, for years and years and to, to see the Overwatch League, you know, live in person in that, that, that location was, was phenomenal. It was uh, m- more than I, I ever could have hoped for. Awesome. And were like, were you there just as a fan or were you there as like, you know, official press coverage? I'm genuinely curious. Is not real uh, I was I was doing a, a little bit of press coverage, but of course, since I, I cover the Vancouver Titans and they obviously were, were not present, I was mostly there on the, the fan side of things. You know, the, the game house was sending other reporters who actually had their their teams there to to go right. and talk to and, and really get down in into the weeds and, you know, uh, be right there for all the action. So I got to, to sit back, relax, and, and really just enjoy myself more than anything. That's awesome. And I, you know, before we jump into sort of the matches that we saw and, and uh, the resulting uh, uh, playoff position that we're going to get into, uh, the event itself seemed like it was a good time. I mean, we saw this in, in the previous homestand as well, that, uh, you know, the local uh, fans are, are really getting behind this idea of sort of home matches. Now, uh, would it be safe to say that we're going to see something like this, uh, hopefully just as exciting in Vancouver for, for next season? Oh, I I'm 100% positive of that. I mean, th- I, I am so excited for, for what the possibility of, of geo geolocation can bring to the league. Um, because if this can kind of be just a taste of what the atmosphere can be like at every Overwatch league game going forward, um, then I, I think we are in for, some some really incredible moments next year and and vancouver in my mind is going to be no exception uh that that's you know a a city that i think is is going to be very welcoming to this team uh, especially when you you think about just how popular and how successful they've been so far Uh, it it's it's going to be phenomenal to see yeah so so far we've just been uh you know, grouping up and shouting at screens in uh, pub- public places. But definitely when the games start, 
coming over here, that'll be a different sensation. Oh, no doubt. I mean, instead of shouting at screen, (laughs) shouting at, you know, live people who are sitting in front of screen, completely different experience. Uh, anyhow, let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, homestand. So uh, just to sort of give some, uh, some background here, we did give ourselves an opportunity for a match of the week. Sam went a little bit off the board, and he chose two of the matches. But uh, we had the New York Excelsior lose, or sorry, lose, win 3-0 over the Florida Mayhem. That had some playoff implications where, again, we as we talked about, New York needed to win out to maintain the, the first seed. Uh, you had the Justice fall to the Fusion 3-1, the Rain overcome the Toronto Defiant 3-1, and the Charge uh, beat the Dragons 3-1. Also a match with playoff implications. Now, before we get into Sunday, uh, I kind of thought that the Mayhem were going to potentially beat the Excelsior. Like, that that first map was a lot closer than I think anyone would have given credit to, and it's almost like the Mayhem then started to fall apart. Like, I... Is it that New York maybe took the, the Mayhem lightly, or is it just a matter of the Excelsior were already in autopilot looking forward through to the Stage 3 playoffs? It's def- I think it'll, Yeah, go ahead. I, I think it's definitely hard to, to say at this point. You, know, you, you also have to include the factor that is just traveling and being at the, the homestead mm-hmm. in general in a different environment uh, kind of you know, throws things a, a little bit off balance, but... More than anything, I, I think it's less about New York kind of overlooking the mayhem and, and more just about the the general problems that that New York has has had over the course of the stage. Yes, they they come away undefeated, you know, in with a, a seven and zero record, but their their performance within those games has been shaky. You know, going to five maps versus Dallas, um, you know, they 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 haven't been the the kind of dominant force that their record might suggest. Would you say they're one Atlanta match away from uh, not having a perfect record? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's just happenstance that they played Atlanta, you know, twice last <laughs> stage. Where if, if they had played that that same team, you know, once in stage three, I, I don't know that you'd necessarily be looking at a, a seven and zero NYXL right now. Maybe just having that like big crowd and loud out there made them kind of feel it was kind of like a playoff game, and you know what happens when they get to the playoffs. It's true, but but the, the, the mayhem weren't enough to uh, beat NYXL this day. The uh, the match that I was quite surprised by was the Charge Dragons. Like I would have thought that the Dragons would have been. I don't want to say would have put up a better fight. It was it was a hard fought battle. Just that I didn't feel that the Charge had it in them to win. Like, in my mind, that was the match that the Dragons would have or should have won. They didn't. Am I wrong to feel that way? Or is there something about the charge that maybe I don't see that maybe discounts them too much in my mind? It's just the granular breaking down of the game. Like, if you look at a fight to fight, then a map to map, all of their fights are pretty close, especially when you have, like, two volatile teams such as uh, Guangzhou and Shanghai that run these uh, DPS comps all the time. So basically anyone can can win a fight. And we saw them lose to Shanghai like uh, a, f- a couple of days before that. And Guangzhou, they're kind of like that. They're super streaky. They almost got <laughs> us at one point. And I don't know, they just got on a, on the streak a bit too late into the stage. They won their last two matches, but that wasn't enough for Guangzhou. Uh, I don't know, Shanghai... I definitely think they wanted to get into the playoffs with a bit more uh, momentum here. 
but it, it was a good match. A lot of a lot of fights, like I said, were pretty close. Now, I, I think on some level, this this might have been the the game where you know the favorite kind of overlooked the the team they were going up against, especially after the way Shanghai kind of dismantled Guangzhou uh, just a, a week before this. I, I don't know that they necessarily took them entirely seriously here. And like you said, Guangzhou is an impossible team to predict. They, they can rise or fall to the level of their competition. And uh, on this day, they, they were just kind of firing on all cylinders. I mean, Happy was, was going off on Widowmaker. It was, it was unreal to watch. <laughs> Well, if there is one thing that that you know three one victory over the dragons uh, provided us was the win or your in match, the win and your in match on Sunday where you had the fusion face the dragons. Now the dragons succeeded; they won three one over the fusion. But that was again the match that both uh, myself and Omni said everyone needed to watch. I hope you did. It was a good fight. Are the fusion? hard and you know a hard luck team because they lost to the dragons and as a result they didn't make the stage three playoffs uh or did they you know pass up opportunity here because i i felt it was an actual very even uh balanced fight between the two sides no that's that's kind of a, a difficult thing i i this honestly was not super surprising to me philadelphia has been honestly pretty underwhelming for for most of this season so far they they're a team that beats down on the the competition below them and they haven't really kind of lived up to the potential that we we think of from a team that was in the the finals last season so you know to to me this was exactly what what i expected going into this week you know yeah i didn't expect it to come down to this do or die game for for shanghai because i i never saw Guangzhou, uh, you know, winning that one, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised to to see Philly out of stage playoffs for the the second straight time. Yeah, for me, Philly is a mystery. They were kind of one of my favorite teams last season because they had this uh, potential of winning any team. It seemed like they won 70 percent of the matches, like by just being super clutch. And 30, they just lost, being horrible. This season, it kind of feels the other way around. Like 70% of the time, they, they play like garbage. And 30% of the time, you can see that, yeah, they actually have talent there. And they have a stacked roster. But I think like um, their DPS duo of Carpe and, and um, EQO kind of suffered this season from GOATS. And even now that they get to flex a little bit out and you see EQO more on Hanzo or on Farah and you can see uh, Carpe playing that Widow, they're no longer those uh, that carry duo. Maybe there's some internal strife due to them playing goats for so long and people kind of lost trust because they they just beat a bunch of matches last season due to like blind trust to their for their teammates and it's kind of underwhelming like you said this season well the remaining matches on sunday you had the charge over the washington justice four nil you had the atlanta raid in front of the home crowd to beat the living daylights out of the florida ma'am four nil <laughs> And uh, Sam's server team, the Toronto Defiant, lost to the New York Excelsior for nothing. Like I, I saw Toronto on social, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go out well. We're gonna go out with a win. We're gonna bring the heat." 
Uh, can we talk a little bit about Toronto really quick? This is still a Canadian-based <laughs> podcast. And I know that Sam's not here, but Toronto, man, they, they – oh, outside of Mangachu beating Defran, what, <laughs> what reasons do they have to be happy about? Like they completed their that elusive 0-7 stage, 0-7, and that currently puts them comfy – 714 record which is good enough for the 18th spot just above Washington and Florida. That's a failed season if I can ever see one because they were, you know, they were hailed like this uh, up and coming team with a lot of potential, but this is not going well for them. Yeah, from a 5 and 2 stage 1 to to 7 and 14 now, that has been a, a pretty precipitous drop off for the Toronto Defiant. And now, of course, they're kind of in the middle of their rebuild uh, with all of these new players. So it's it's not surprising to, to see them, you know, get forward by New York, considering, you know, how much is in flux for this team. Uh, but mm. considering where they, they started the season and the, the expectations uh, that they built up over the course of that really good stage one, uh, they, they can't help but feel, you know, like what happened they they you know they they've got to be on some level you know looking at each other what what went wrong here uh because we we've now seen multiple players leave the roster um and they you know i'm i'm hopeful that they can find something in the stage break and at least turn it around somewhat for for stage 4 uh but it's 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 too late at this point you know the 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 odds of them coming back and even making the the play-ins are are basically gone yeah the, the thing is i can, first of all i can't believe we're approaching the fourth stage already for season two uh but really looking at that like we hope that maybe a meta shakeup will aid some of these teams but all those hailed coaches and gms and systems are kind of failing hard this season you got bare hands with a, sa- a savvy korean play good enough for 20th wizard young the genius from nyxl 19th place toronto with all those tools and analytics at 18 Hawks, genius moneyball approach, 17th place in Paris. They basically were hailed as the inventors of goats. They're now at 16. So I don't know what's going on. Basically, the, the only thing I saw that led for teams succeeding or maybe at least like improving, just raw talent from players, right? That's what we saw last season. Synergy, comms. But mostly, in my opinion, to be honest, like just a lot of coaches, they don't want to get off that high horse. They, you know, don't adapt. What do you think? No, I, I definitely think that that's a thing. I think overcoaching is very much a, a possibility with uh, a lot of these teams because, you know, uh, you can talk all you want about the, you know, the, the talent being the overwhelming factor, but not every team in the league has the, the talent of uh, a Vancouver, a New York, a San Francisco. Uh, and they're, mm-hmm. they're, it's the, the teams in the middle there where the, the coaching really makes the difference. And, you know, I, I think, you know, yes, it's it, it, it definitely you have to have the talent to to execute, but you know, it, it's it's definitely interesting to to see how this season has played out. I, I think we we forget how young Overwatch is. You know, teams mm-hmm. are still very much figuring out what is the optimal way to right. construct a team and to to structure uh, a team environment. And you know, there there's going to be a lot of trial and therefore a lot of error. Uh, going on in these first few seasons yeah <laughs> but that's just the thing that that's what baffles me so much they don't want to trial and error uh but yeah that that started as a rant about toronto let's <laughs> let's proceed there so here's a question toronto defiant florida ma'am 
you could actually look at these two teams and how they're approaching the rebuild as teams that are swapping places on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Florida men who decided to go from a mixed roster to an all-Korean roster, whereas the Toronto Defiant are doing the opposite, going from an all-Korean roster to a mixed roster. Which of those two teams do you feel is ahead of the curve, or are they both in the same spot and it's a whole world of darkness for them? I think they should look at it from another perspective. I don't think that's the factor mm-hmm. that governs whether your team is good or not. You see teams like, well, obviously, Toronto, uh, like uh, our team and NYXL, they're full Korean, but that doesn't mean that like a mixed roster, kind of like San Francisco, or cannot succeed. Or vice versa. Like we always thought in the past that oh, go Korean and you win, right? But well, it doesn't work like that, as you can obviously see from Florida. Yeah. So, so if I'm I'm making a choice between one of those two teams that I'm a little bit more more hopeful for, I would say it's Toronto. Um, but that's that's more based mm. on the the individual signings that they have made, like bringing in someone like logics. I, I really am high on that signing. Um, and I like a lot of the players mm-hmm. they brought to their Academy team, whereas, you know, Florida no longer even has an Academy team. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it mostly comes down to that rather than the, the philosophy. I, I don't think that, you know, one of them is better or worse because the, you know, they are going mixed roster or, you know, all Korean. Uh, you, you just have to do, what works for, for your team. Yeah. And I, I want to make it clear. I wasn't trying to imply that, you know, all Korean or mixed yeah. is, is better than the other. And you look at, you know, I'll need to your point. The Vancouver Titans, all Korean roster top right below them. You know, the San Francisco shock mix, uh, NYXL's in the mix. Like there's, there's no sort of cookie cutter. Like here is the approach. I just wonder, and I think this maybe goes more to the organization. I have a soft spot for the Toronto defiant. I have because their organization is engaged. Ready, set, poem. From the early days and therefore i'll continue to look at them with a soft light but it seems to me that they've decided okay you know what what we were doing maybe wasn't working the way we wanted and they're already thinking forward to next year in fact i mean you could argue that based on their social media account saying hey sign up here to get tickets for next year already they kind of have bought in whereas it almost mm. occurs to me that the florida mayhem organizationally they're like yeah so we think we still got a shot guys i mean they don't <laughs> Like, I, I don't know if they can even, you know, with an, a perfect stage, get themselves into the play-in. Like, I, I mean, I guess conceivably it might be possible. but I really don't think so. You know, I mean, if you if you look at it, you have to get to, to the 12th seed to, to make it, and they are seven wins back of the 12th seed right now. Yeah, that's, that's seven. And, I mean, that, that's the thing is like, I would have to look at the schedule, but mathematically, yeah, maybe they are the first team, or and them and the Justice, I guess, being the first two teams potentially eliminated at this stage. Uh, I think the key, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, granted, the Justice and all their draws have a slightly lower map differential, but. Yeah. Well, I'm not privy to, you know, internal communication or what goes on beyond the game, but to me, it feels just from an onlooking uh, perspective, like every move that's been done by Florida shouts, like screams no trust to me. Like, oh, you just flip out the entire roster, just get rid of all these players. We can see, we could see on social media how like how badly some of the players took it. While in Toronto, you see like kind of an, um, a more calculated effort. All right, we we lack a player in X position. Now we need to uh, fill out this gap, and that's kind of an approach that I believe in more. So I totally agree there with you on uh, on you know 
being proactive versus just chopping off a limb to uh, hope it goes better from here. And, and one other thing that I, I think is good about the way Toronto has gone about this is they are a, a lot of the the players they brought in they are promoting from within from their their academy team, mm-hmm. which I think you know if you're doing that as an organization, you have a much better idea of what you are getting out of that player. Um, whereas you know you can be the the best scout in the world but if you are are trying to recruit from contenders korea which you know mayhem has prominently done so far that is a, a much harder thing in my mind to 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 know what you are getting and to be confident in you know the the players you're bringing over yeah well and and as we know like the the player slots in overwatch league are limited but guess what is even lower it's the seats for coaches right and we have only 20 team and each each team doesn't have a lot of spots there so i guess florida is probably the hottest <laughs> of seats right now in uh overwatch league well having got the uh, results of the weekend the stage three standings were as such new york excelsior finished top of the table because they got both those wins Followed by the Vancouver Titans, Hangzhou Sparks, San Francisco Shocks, Seoul Dynasty, the LA Valiant, Houston Outlaws, and the Shanghai Dragons rounding out the top eight. So what that means is for the Stage 3 playoffs, we're going to go and see the Houston Outlaws face the Vancouver Titans on Thursday, followed by the Shanghai Dragons versus the New York Excelsior. On Friday, the Seoul Dynasty are up against the San Francisco Shock, and the Los Angeles Valiant are going to be facing the Hangzhou Spark. So let's actually sort of go through this. We'll start with the Titans first, Titans podcast and all. Um, does Houston have a shot? I mean, is it the, the shift in meta that's going to be sufficient here? Or are we going to see maybe more of Stitch on Sombra? Uh, you know, what, what should we expect out of this match? Let me let me preface this first by by saying that I have no clue what is going to happen in these stage playoffs. I think this is by far the most wide open that it has ever been uh, going into to one of these stage playoffs either season, uh, really. Um, but that being said, I still think Vancouver has been good enough, consistently enough uh, that Houston does not worry me too much. I agree. Like, we can look at these uh, series, especially the Titans versus Outlaws, at either face value and like, oh, definitely it's a 4-0 at first. You can't overthink this, right? You, you might think, oh, when when have we underperformed? Well, when we had a, an opposing uh, Widowmaker who was really good and kind of took us out of rhythm, that might happen. But I'm, I'm definitely more confident going into this uh, series uh, just by looking at the Titans who are now adapting to playing that Sombra and they played it pretty well. Uh, I agree that it feels more open than other um, playoffs in the past. And, and, and also the tight, the outlaws, they're no longer, you know, the cannon fodder that we know them to be from past stages. They did, did beat the shock. So we need to be careful there, but I, I think uh, the Titans uh, got this. So it's a first to three. Are we going to see a three Oh three one or a three, two? Omni, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Uh, I'll take a 3-1. 3-1 Titans? Okay, sure. Yeah. I, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to lose one of those early maps first, I think. But then... Yeah, we'll I, that, that's kind of the way I see this going, too. I, I respect Houston and what they've done this stage enough uh, to, to give them one here. You know, Vancouver at times has struggled to deal with teams that run, you know, DPS-heavy compositions. And Houston is certainly capable of, of those kinds of looks. 
you know, that that was a big part of how they, they took down San Francisco earlier on in the stage. But at the end of the day, there there is no world in which uh, a team that lost to the Florida Mayhem I'm picking over <laughs> the Vancouver Titans right now. It's just not happening. <laughs> So I'm I'm actually more confident. I actually see the Vancouver Titans winning 3-0. Okay. It's not to disrespect Houston. I suspect the Vancouver Titans will win that first fight, and I believe Houston is going to go and try to throw Paris at Vancouver. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> right? Houston is going to throw Paris at Vancouver. Now, Houston isn't all that good on Paris themselves, but as we've seen, Vancouver, that's the one map that they just, it, you know, it's it's their daddy. They, they, they struggle with it. I believe vancouver has probably been doing things on paris that we don't quite know about in preparation for the stage three playoffs and other teams if they get the opportunity choosing that map so that's why i'm I'm a little more confident because imagine the vancouver titans let's say they're up 1-0 paris gets thrown at them and now they're they're going home right like houston would be gutted at that point yeah yeah our our french is not great (laughs) Uh, let's talk a little bit about the second match on Thursday. You've got the NYXL versus the Shanghai Dragons. Now, again, I, I I would like to think that this is going to be New York all the way, but Shanghai has seemingly, you know, found a, a, a spot or a rhythm. But so is NYXL in that shift of meta. So is there a fight to be had here, or is this just New York uh, seeing Shanghai as a minor speed bump on its way to uh, a potential matchup to, you know, whomever else is bottom of the table in the reseeded semifinal. I don't know. Like when was the last time New York actually performed in the playoffs? That's the only reason why I think this might be a close series. Uh, Shanghai, they run a good uh, Sombra. They run a pretty decent Farah comp as well. Uh, I don't know if, if NYXL loses this, I'm like, just, just don't get to the playoffs. All right. Just, just, you know, Say, oh, we're good. Somebody else can have our seed. I'll see you in the, you know, last last season, you know, the final season playoffs, even though they're, they're not playing well there. But, like, I, honestly, I think NYXL should should take this game dominantly. I would like to think that. But, but nothing I have seen out of New York really makes me confident that they are prepared to, to do that. I, I still think they have to be the favorites here. Um, but Shanghai, I, they have found, you know, their identity over the course of this season, uh, as well as, as nearly any team in the league, you know, it has been a slow build for them. They, they've been getting better and better and better every single stage. And, you know, they, they really have kind of nailed down how they want to play, you know, playing a lot of these triple DPS compositions. Um, and you know, that, that, is something that I think New York is probably pretty well prepared to deal with. Um, so I, I, I am still picking them, but I think this one is, is very, very close. And there's, there's real upset potential here, which like you said, if, if you're New York, that is kind of a, a doomsday scenario. If you in you know two separate stage playoffs this year, get upset in the, the first round as an undefeated team, um, that is, really really worrying as as we move towards the the end of the season yeah and i like the matchup 
for Shanghai because because they have that you know super aggressive style and and New York even when they play the Sombra or the DPS comp they still have their you know signature what I like to call <laughs> surgical reactionary approach but <laughs> if you're in their face which I'm pretty sure Shanghai is gonna run they they can they can definitely you know lose this so I'm gonna put the two of you on a spot shy guy. Who's getting that win? I, I'm, I'm going to take New York 3-2 here. I think this one's really close, um, but they'll they'll eke this one out and avoid the the embarrassment here. Okay. Omni? I think it'll be 3-1, but I'm not sure who's <laughs> going to win. <laughs> I, don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be... It's kind of like a slippery slope kind of match. I don't think it'll be too tight. I'll take New York for now. Okay. I have another upset cooking here, so... So I, I'm going to take New York 3-1. I'm not confident in that pick whatsoever, but whomever's going to win is 3-1. Like, I, I sort of feel your way on the... I, I think it's New York. So right now, just so that it's clear, we've got the top two seeds going going through. So that means that there's no crazy reseeding taking place yet. So let's get into Friday. So the first match on Friday will be the Seoul Dynasty versus the San Francisco Shock. This is probably a toss-up, one would think. Considering how the shock fared in stage three, how the dynasty seemingly are turning a page, but is San Francisco going to realize it's the stage three playoffs and it's time to bring their a game again, or are they going to just embrace the fact that they are who they are and hope for the best? Here's the thing. I don't think they need to be at a hundred percent to beat soul soul. Every time they flip a page towards the positive, they kind of take two pages back to the negative. And I kind of predict them doing that again. San Francisco, I don't think they're the best team in this playoffs this stage. But I think even playing like a 70% of what they had last stage will be enough to beat Seoul. Yeah. G- give me San Francisco all the way here. It, it's uh, This is honestly, in my mind, one of the, if not the easiest, one of the, the easiest predictions in, in this playoffs. Just because I, I don't think... The that Seoul really has the the goods to to push San Francisco because if you look at the the teams that you know the shock struggled with during the stage it was Chengdu and it was Houston and that is two teams that that play very unique styles you know uh, with that are kind of not replicable for the the rest of the league and Seoul just isn't going to to be playing that way they they're playing a much more conventional. You know, style than, than either of those teams. Right. And I think that that's right in San Francisco's wheelhouse for the most part. Yeah, they kind of play like NYXL, but even slower now without Fisher. Who? Oh, well, it's going to be rough. So the reason why I, I, I wonder, and, and again, I just wonder if this is a toss up, is you look at San Francisco, who's really not interested in trying to give the mm-hmm. Sombrana meta even a look like they've they've decided that baptiste is right. the, the special part <laughs> for them and you look at Seoul, who i mean i mean who knows they got like what dishonest hero right <laughs> they, well and then the fact that they have like you know teams a through q like they don't they don't have a bench we also look back to the previous stage where you know Seoul did things so i part of me wonders is could they do things again especially with this new sort of sombrana meta in, in play. I, I, I'm not trying to knock San Francisco. I think San Francisco should get that win. It's just, that's the question mark for me. It's kind of like the Shanghai, New York. Like there is in my mind, a clear answer that I have doubts about. Yeah. 
Well, it's not that they won't run a Sombra. The problem is they have to pay a really high price in removing uh, Sinatra off of the Zarya to do that. So that's why they kind of, you know, it's the loss of Soman Sue, right? As a Zarya. I mean, it's, it's, it's an equal effect, but we saw that the Vancouver Titans in bringing stitch in. Yeah. And they don't have a stitch. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, yeah, I Maybe mean, they, they've definitely struggled to adapt to the, the meta as it's changing, but I just I don't think that it has changed enough that they are, are no longer uh, a, a team capable of beating Soul, who, despite, you know, you know looking better yeah. over the course of this stage, I, I still, until they show me that they are a top-tier team, I am not ready to, to consider them a real contender here. Okay. So shy guy. I, I have this as a three zero. Yep. Three zero San Fran. Omni. I have a three two, just because uh, you know San Francisco is going to kind of uh, struggle through comms or trust in one another. I feel like they underperform you because of that. They get tilted, and maybe one map uh, for Seoul will be enough to tilt them out of their minds and take this game to a game five. But in the end, I think they'll, uh, have the upper end. So I have it as a clutch three, one. And what I mean by a clutch three, one is I think Seoul is going to give San Francisco a run for their money, but I believe the coin will fall in the favor of the shock in three of those matches. Hmm. Yeah. So being that we now still have the seeds as they fall, that leaves us the Los Angeles valiant, and the Hong Zhao Spark. I'm going to sit this <laughs> uh, one out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip a coin uh, <laughs> legitimately because I've been waffling back and forth on this. Every time I think about it and uh, give it another 30 seconds of thought, I'm like, uh, is that right? No, maybe not. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let me just go right in back to the arena. But uh, seriously, uh, Spark Valiant is going to be a close match because they had a, they had a game this stage and spark beat them in a game five and Valiant They came back the day after and they beat London four Oh, so they definitely recuperated Valiant are a different team now. I mean, they can beat anyone. We, we should know this better than anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I'd much rather see spark win. So shock plays NYXL in, in the next stage. I kind of feel like Valiant's going to win this. I I have this gut feeling. I don't know why. Well, I know why because they slapped us in the uh, face. But this is this it. is so beyond hard for me because, like you said, that that match that they played, you know, a, a couple weeks ago was easily one of the best regular season matches of the the entire season. Really closely contested, really fun to watch. Um, as both these teams are, you know really coming into into their own right now. I, I think there is a, a very real argument to make that these are two of the top three teams in the, the league at the, the current moment. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of sad that they have to go up against each other in the first round. Um, but it it's going to, to be incredibly close no matter who wins this. That I... I can't see this not going to, to five maps. The, these teams are really... Um, 
closely matched. And I think the, the best part about this is they, they both seem to kind of be the best at what they do right now. And with Valiant, that's, you know, incorporating Sombra into a lot of DPS heavy strategies. And for the, the spark that's, you know, playing Winston goats and sometimes including the, the Sombra with that, um, they're the, the two best teams at those individual styles. And, you know, that, that kind of clash is going to be fascinating to watch. Hmm. So, we got, we got to choose. This podcast is all about getting off the fence. There ain't no Sam here. So, Omni, you got to pick one here. I'm going 3-2 uh, against 3-2 uh, Valiant. I, I got to take one opposite at least. I'm not going to be mm. a coward. Okay, three, two, Valiant. For, for all my talk <laughs> of this being the most wide open stage playoffs ever, I'm going to wind up <laughs> taking all four of the favorites here because I, I think – Sparker just a little too too versatile. Um, and we, we saw over the course of the last match that they played, they were able to kind of force Valiant at times into playing Somber Goats. And that's not Valiant's best look. Uh, and they were able to, to kind of beat them when when that was the, the case. So I I think Spark take it, but this is this is a toss-up for sure. Three two. So while you guys were were Providing an analysis of uh, the match, <laughs> I was flipping coins. So I gave uh, I gave Los Angeles heads and I gave Hangzhou tails for the right to call. Heads came up. So because I can't, I don't have the LA Valiant here. I'm going to go to our guest. I'm going to go shy. I want you to go and call heads or tails for me to see who's going to win. So this is Los Angeles calling a coin to see whether or not they go through to okay. the uh, uh I, i'm i'm kind of rooting for the mm. the valiant because you know th- this is just a fun story to watch so i'm going to give them tails tails never fails tails never fails we're going to flip this coin it's flipping it's flipping and it's tails so the la valiant are going to beat the spark based on the science <laughs> of a coin flip in my browser um but i, I it's a toss up i i I can't decide. I am going as the host of this podcast to sit on the fence and simply go with what the coin told me. I'm going to say the valiant go through because it's so preposterous to think that if you were to have asked me this three weeks ago, three weeks ago, if the valiant would have a shot at winning a quarterfinal match in the playoffs, I said, what are you talking about? Like, have you been in BC, you know, smoking like many other people are, I don't know, but, um, if that is the case, what that would mean is if the Valiant win, the Vancouver Titans would face the San Francisco Shock, the New York Excelsior would face the Valiant based on our table. So which which path do we want to go? Because we need to choose a path here. Are we going to go with the path that the Valiant win, or are we going to go with let, the path let, Let's that the go with that. Uh, you know, we, we did two uh, out of three, and I think that's the, the a little bit more more interesting side of things because you know, Valiant, to, to me, are... One, the, the most intriguing team in this, this playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify before we proceed, uh, Light Force here was talking about smoked salmon. Yes, yeah, totally smoked salmon. Hey, what else could it have been? BC cuisine staple. Yeah. Um, so if the Valiant do go through, so that would mean the first match on uh, the uh, semifinal Saturday, that was going to be the uh, New York Excelsior versus the Los Angeles Valiant. How, do, how does that match up? Like, You've seen the Valiant take down the Titans. So conceivably, they should be able to do the same thing to the Excelsior, no? Uh, I think uh, I think Valiant have 
just one upset in them for this stage. So if New York beat Shanghai, I think they get a bit more confident. Uh, I'm going for NYXL. I, I still think the, the playoff bug is kind of going to bite New York a little bit here. They, they still have yet to, to make a stage final, obviously, during this season. Um, and I, I don't think this is going to be the, the time for them. They haven't. They, they haven't seemed to, to fully adapt to the, the new meta and kind of settle on a play style. You know, they, they've been playing some of the time with Sabiobi be in the lineup, some of the time without him. Um, they, they haven't really seemed to, to figure out their identity, whereas I think the Valiant, they, they know exactly who they are. They you know, know what their game plan is. And they know how to execute it really well, as we we saw against Vancouver, and you know then uh, against the Spark as well. They are in, incredibly prepared, and I, I think they they have they have the goods in, in my mind to to take down New York. Ooh. So if if we had to go New York Valiant, I'm going to give it to the Valiant. Simply put, the Valiant beat the Titans. Valiant seem to have right now. All the mo on their side. They're full of momentum. New York is, you know, methodical, surgical, but also easily disrupted. You got you got to say it like this: surgical. <laughs> Never pull that off. <laughs> so what? I just want to point out here. I mean, two out of three. We've got yeah. the valiant going through to <laughs> a stage three final. Unreal from zero and seven to a, a stage three final would be easily the the best storyline of the the season so far. Um, and I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm rooting for it. As, as long as uh, they they don't have to go through the Titans again to get there, <laughs> I, I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> yep. okay. I think it's just the world <laughs> caught up with Custa's brain. That's not it. He's now no longer too smart. He is just the right amount of smart. Galaxy brain. Yeah. Uh, so the Vancouver Titans San Francisco shock rematch that everyone was hoping originally would happen in the stage three final is now happening in the stage three semifinal based on our very scientific process here of picking winners. Who, who wins this? Like, in, in fact, like how, what type of right? Do, do, do they just go back to play? playing goats? Or are they just like, we're, we're going to run it back again. We we've done it twice already. It, it was maybe the, two of the best matches of the entire season. Do we just gentlemen's agreement? No one plays Sombra, Somansu back in the lineup permanently. And we, we just go at it again. <laughs> I think you just look at the last match we played and that's exactly what we're going to get. We're going to have stitch in all maps and we're going to switch out Janu or Somansu whenever we need either Azari or Divo. And we dismantle those <laughs> sloppy and ugly players on the San Francisco shock. Thanks, Sinatra. Um, or was it super this time? <laughs> it was super. super. Okay. I the this is the struggle. Does a a Stitch Sombrana Titans have the ability to beat a what would probably be a San Francisco Goats team? I like to think so. Yes. Uh, you know, San Francisco <laughs> has had their their problems so far this stage, and they they don't look nearly as focused 
as they were in stage two. And I think a lot of, you know, where their, their power came from is that they were just kind of laser focused on winning. They, you know, came out of stage one after losing to the Titans the first time, and they immediately kind of set their sights on the goal and they were, you know, grinding. They were in the zone for that entire, you know, undefeated, the, the golden stage, you know, winning all, all 24 maps during the, the regular season. And they, they carried that in to the playoffs, but they've since, stalled out a little bit and I, I don't know that they have that same level in them. Whereas I think, you know, Vancouver has looked shaky at times as they try to adapt, but that's the thing they have been adapting. Whereas San Francisco still feels like they are you know trying to, to you know, stick with what worked in stage two and, you know, doing a little bit of stuff with the B- Batiste, but uh, I, I don't think they, they're quite up to speed right now. Also, this is, might be the last chance to see uh, the Bumper True. Junkrat and the <laughs> Reaper. So we might see that D- DPS lineups again. So Titans. Titans? Yeah. Titans. I mean, it's Titans podcast, so we lean that way. But I mean, I, I could never choose a team other than the Titans. I am a biased Vancouver <laughs> sports fan. I make that very clear to anyone who listens to me. Yeah. It's going to be a 4-2. I think like it's that. close. It, I think, it, they're going to I think it, it could go to, to 7, but I think you know 6 is is probably where where it ends up. Um. Okay, because that has probably the storyline that most would want to see, the Vancouver Titans facing off against the Los Angeles Valiant in a Stage 3 final. And you think of all the teams that are currently in the stage three playoffs, the two storylines that I would suggest that a majority of people would want is they want to see San Francisco, Vancouver again. And if they can't have San Francisco, Vancouver in a final, wouldn't Vancouver, you know, Valiant make better sense. I mean, outside of the individual fans for each team saying, we want to be the team that beats Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I'm out of this conversation because I still think we're going to fight the New York in the final. So I'll, at least, I'll let you have especially from the, the Vancouver perspective, if you get it how we have laid it out here where you, you go through San Francisco uh, and you kind of get a little bit of revenge from the, the stage two playoffs, and then you also get to potentially avenge your, your one other loss of the season against the Valiant, um, that, that's about as much as you could ask for from the, the side of the mm-hmm. Titans. You know, uh, it, you, you get to, oh, like, to check the like boxes that. off the, the list, and at that point, you know, this is, in my mind, kind of an opportunity just in general when it comes to these playoffs for Vancouver to really cement themselves as the the team of this season. Um, you know, in my mind, uh, especially with the, the massive kind of changes that are on the horizon um, in terms of potential 2-2-2 lock and, and shifts to the meta, if if they they come through this and they have won two out of the three stage playoffs. Um, this is is already kind of uh, an all time season for the the Overwatch League and one that will be remembered as you know the, the year of the Titans really. So whether it's the Titans Valiant or Titans NYXL, stage three champion is Vancouver Titans. Vancouver Titans. I'm gonna say yep, yep, yep. Okay. Again, I would I would say the Vancouver Titans, whether or not I felt that way, but I I think there's a lot 
going on here. One, I feel the Vancouver Titans want to continue to show that they are the man. And to use the uh, the great Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, I don't think anyone can. Mm-hmm. So I, I see the Vancouver Titans as your stage three champions. Now, the shift to whatever we see in stage four will be interesting to see how this works out. Yeah. But I do believe the Vancouver Titans are going to exert some serious authority. They're going to unleash their inner Cartman. <laughs> I totally agree. I think we're the only team-based podcast that can get away with this prediction. Yeah, much. We're going to take mean, the finals. <laughs> the, the thing is, you know, if you look back at like stage one and stage two playoffs, I, I think you, you came into it and you kind of knew there were two, maybe three teams uh, that, that really had a shot, depending on how you felt about NYXL in stage one. Um, but, you know, stage two, we, we knew what was, was going down before we, we got there, really. Um, this time, though, I am picking Vancouver, but I am much less confident about that than I have been in the, the past, just because I, I there there's so much in flux. You know, through the, the first two stages, it was – you know, are, which which team is best at the goats v goats matchup? And now there's just so many more variables to to consider that you know being confident in a, a prediction like this, I think, is is uh, impossible uh, or at the very least a little bit foolish right now. If you uh, are you know convinced 100 percent that any one team, whether it's Vancouver or, or anyone else, is is going to come away with the the trophy this time. <laughs> well, it's good to know. Again, Vancouver Titans podcast, Vancouver Titans. Probably good that we pick the home team. Um, if you want to watch your Vancouver Titans go through this journey and you happen to live uh, in or around or near or want to travel to Metro Vancouver, on Thursday, the Vancouver Titans are going to be shown on the big screen at the gaming stadium here in uh, my neck of the woods, Richmond. Uh, tickets are, are five bucks. Doors open for, they're going to show both matches. So, you know, come on out and have a good time. Uh, I'm going to be there. Uh, Ani, you going to be there? Well, I still haven't moved to Richmond. I might be there or I might be still packing. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I'm not certain. But we'll be there from uh, from RSPN. And on Sunday, the Vancouver Titans are hosting an official Stage 3 Finals watch party at the Sports Bar down at Rogers Arena. The normal haunt's saying uh, $10 for a ticket there. And that's going to score you some goods like a bumper hammer, uh, Titans <laughs> lanyard. There's going to be trivia prizes, all that jazz. Uh, and that's not presumptive that the Vancouver Titans are going to be in the final. I'm sure the team is not trying to go and create any bulletin board material or any jinxing. But as you've heard here on the premier source of the Vancouver Titans, uh, they will be in the final. So, you know, do what you feel needs to be done. Um, uh, before we jump into a abbreviated version of the payload, I do want to talk about a couple of moves that have occurred since our last episode. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Crystal uh, of the uh, Spark has been granted a, a leave of absence. Uh, due to a uh, an, a family member, I believe, who has fallen ill and should be returning in time for stage four. And then uh, Cookie Main Tank for the Valiant has retired completely from the Overwatch League and or the Valiant. Again, it still it's odd when an esports player <laughs> retires. Yeah, they're, they're going to go <laughs> off like to they're a farm 65 or something. to return. Like, I, I, yeah. like I, I get it, like in, in traditional sports where you know, your, your physical conditioning, you know, does deteriorate as you get old. And eventually, you know, you become too slow for the game you play. Esports is a little bit different. I'm not suggesting that, you know, there's, there's not, you know, similar 
aspects. It's just odd that, you know, these are kids that are retiring from this game. Like, man, is, is the snapshot of your, your ability to play in the Overwatch League like three years? Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very strange. And this right. one uh, especially is a little bit, I, I feel kind of bad for, for Kuki in part because, you know, Last season, he he really didn't get much of a chance to to play on the Valiant, and this year his his legacy is kind of just going to to be the fact that he played over Custa for the the first stage, uh, and that's that's how people are going to remember him, which is I I think a little bit sad here, um, but it's kind of unsurprising given the the direction that the Valiant have been going recently, you know, moving towards a, a Western roster. He no longer really had a, a place in the team. Yeah, maybe it's just a nicer way to put the fact that he's quitting on the team itself. You think he's quitting? I don't know. Well, they're not letting him go because usually, like Team PR would state that you know they they parted ways or something like that. And retirement is probably. I a think way it to might say, have been a, a mutual. Okay, he doesn't want to play here case. anymore. I, it, <laughs> I don't know. It was if you're kooky, it's obvious this this team yeah. is not your your long term home, and you might just want to go back to to Korea and you know be with your your friends and family and. Maybe this is not a permanent retirement, potentially. Um, I, I think there, there's always potential for, for players to come back. Like you said, the, the age is not really yeah. the, the reason here. So, you know, I, I think it makes sense from both sides. Right. Well, let's take a quick moment to catch our breath as we fire up the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. I guess I would be remiss if I didn't suggest that there was some potential Titans happenings only a handful of days ago. Now, I kind of think you know someone who happens to be on this podcast that can probably tell us a little bit more. So why don't I pass it over to you, Shy Guy? What is it that's going on in the world of the Vancouver Certainly, Titans and, and you know, this this might be a, a familiar roster. face for anyone who has been following the Titans since before their their Overwatch League days. You know, when they they were competing as Runaway, um, and you know that is Tizzy uh, is going to to be joining the Titans pretty shortly. I imagine we'll we'll get an announcement about this in between the the stages sometime after the the stage playoffs. Um, but for for anyone who doesn't know, he is a, a main tank player, uh, kind of coming in as the the backup to, to Bumper. Played for London last season, has since bounced around to a bunch of different uh, contenders team, XL two. Guangzhou's academy team, um, a brief stint with a, a North American team called Grunto, but now coming back to to join the Titans, you know, be with a lot of his former teammates uh, from Runaway, and you know, it's a, it'll be a very interesting signing. I, I think more than anything, it's Vancouver, you know, seeing the the changes that are on the horizon wanting to add a little bit of depth to their roster. You you don't want to be going towards the, the end of the season and be in a situation where, you know, maybe Bumper gets sick for a game and, you know, he, he can't play up to his level. So in my mind, it's that kind of move for the Titans and one that they know won't really disrupt anything because they, they know exactly what they're getting. They've played with this guy before. Yeah. 
I agree. It's also, I think, uh, good for team morale. Uh, when they uh, were here in, at the event that we met them in Vancouver, his name came up the most when they were asked if they wanted to uh, get an, another uh, player on their team. So they're happy to see him back, I'm sure. And like I said, and, and you mentioned this as well, Bumper's position, the main tank, is the only position that we don't really have a backup for. I mean, Janu and, and then Samus, who can kind of flex <laughs> to each other's roles, but Bumper is basically one Fire Noodles bowl away from <laughs> losing a game or what we do then. So, yeah, he played for Runaway for a while, and um, and we lost to GC Busan in the last stage before Overwatch League was a thing. And that same GC Busan were so probably pretty impressed with him because they went on to be the Spitfire, and then they signed him. So I'm hoping for a good place from him. He's also probably known more than Mumper to have a great Orisa, which we didn't really see much yeah, of. That, that's definitely something so, that's yeah, becoming we'll just look forward more to, uh, more prevalent to that. in the, the meta right now. Um, and, you know, so I, I I broke this story last week on the, the game house, and the, the way it came about was actually really, really funny because um, a friend of mine, I was in a, a voice call, and he... he says to me hey you you want to you want to know uh you know something about the the vancouver titans like uh it's like, uh, of, of course i do what 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 do you know about the the vancouver titans you want to get the juice yeah so apparently uh this is what i've heard they're they're gonna be picking up uh tizzy and then they're they're you know gonna move bumper back to uh, to off tank like he used to play uh <laughs> and of course i i cannot lend any credence whatsoever to the uh in my mind kind of ridiculous rumor that bumper is going to, to switch positions or no longer be Vancouver's starting off tank. Uh, but, you know, it, it got my, my mind where he's like, uh, I, I don't know about the rest of that. But, you know, part part of that sounds very possible. And, uh, you know, now it, it seems like it's coming to, to fruition. <laughs> the, uh, so the news was really well received. I mean, having watched the Vancouver Titans social, uh, you know, people were, were going crazy in, in uh, the Titans Discord and Titans Court. Um, I do know that there are some like, well, wait, you know, why has this not been officially announced yet? And I think for those of you who who don't know sort of how I think, and I, I can speak from mm-hmm. the traditional side of the Vancouver Canucks, sort of how they operate, but everything is planned. Everything's scheduled. They don't simply go and stay, at, you know, in the middle of the night on a Tuesday. Hey, here's what's happened. There is structure to everything. So don't be so alarmed that, well, it's not a facial. <laughs> Unlike here. Yeah, heck, I would just go and tweet that out at like 1.30 in the morning if I found out. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, I was out on the street with some guy outside the liquor store. I mean, that might be good enough for me. But I I do find there to be, you know, for anyone who might be doubting it, um, there's a, a lot of correlation. One, you know, I mean, you brought it up. This was the player that they they named at the meet and greet right like this, this to the team like hey guys hey guys and i i know that you know it, that doesn't guarantee anything but there's sort of one check mark in the box of probability two i think it's safe to say that right now yeah bumper is one bowl of bad fire noodles away from introducing a problem to the vancouver titans they don't really have the bench strength i think if there was a question mark it's that how does with the shift of meta, you know, result in which tank gets the start. But I think that comes down to, you know, uh, you know, let's look at, you know, a bumper playing on uh, Winston. That's probably one of his weaker, you know, main tank characters. And if I recall, uh, Tizzy isn't that bad. So again, 
correlation there. And I, I, I love the fact that you're able to get this news, break it. Um, I know someone had asked, well, gee, are you sure <laughs> supposed to be the premier source? You know, uh, I don't got your friends. Uh, that's guy. that's you the way it friend. is sometimes, you know, you, you, you gotta rub some elbows to, to find stuff like this. And you know, th- this one you know, fell in my, my lap a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I think, on some level, this is a sign that just makes sense, you know, for, for all the reasons that you, you just talked about, um, there, there's no real kind of downside to, to something like this. Um, and I, I think teams in the, the Titans in particular, just want to, to keep all of their, their options open. Um, if, if two, two, two lock is indeed happening, then, you know, uh, it, it cannot hurt to have more options. Agreed. The uh, the only other news. Uh, I'm afraid I've got got no news on that front, academy. other than you know the the rumblings that potentially academy teams might just be a requirement next season. Well, I'm kind of surprised they're not already. I'll be frank. I think there needs to be a true path to pro. I know there is path to pro now, but there isn't really that, that logical stepping stone for each team. And the new commissioner has actually said he wants to really, you know, how you go from where you are today to what you could be in the future. Um, I'm just going to say that uh, the guy at the liquor store that I was talking to, he's got a couple of ideas, but you know, we're still, you know, baking those out. As we, uh, sort of tidy this episode up and start wrapping things together. Uh, we didn't get any voicemail this week. I don't know, uh, Shy Guy, if you knew this, but we actually have a phone number where people can leave us voicemail. Any carrier pigeons? Do we get any faxes? No this faxes week? either. No text messages. But I did. Uh, no carrier pigeons either. <laughs> I haven't told people where to send their carrier pigeon. That's probably part of the problem. They're all flying around out there. Um, I got confirmation that our uh, voicemail that uh, came from uh, a Titans fan up in uh, on the Sunshine Coast, which is actually just north of Metro Vancouver, for those that don't know, uh, it's uh, someone who follows in Titans Cord and on Reddit, Corin. So uh, thank you so much for telling me that on Reddit that that's who it was and that you had left that message. Uh, but if anyone does feel free to uh, drop us a voicemail, please do so. I will play it on air with within reason and again, you know, G-rated podcast and all that. Uh, as far as sending us feedback, though, about podcast, uh, breaking news, scoops, or just who that guy outside the liquor store happens to be, uh, feel free to shoot us an email. It's feedback at readysetpone.com. But uh, being that you're the guest, I want to give you as much airtime as I possibly can. And the fact that you were on here contributing far more than Sam ever does, I think it's a good sign. But Chai Guy, uh, you know, what final words of wisdom um, can you share with the well, thousands, words and thousands, of wisdom. And thousands and thousands hmm, and thousands that's, of people? That's a, that's a tall order. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no, uh, You've obviously all, all I really get to say is, you know, thanks for, for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that, that everyone in your, your audience enjoyed me, perhaps uh, enough to, to go give me a, a follow on Twitter at ShagIOW. Uh, that is the, the easiest way to keep up on anything and everything that I'm doing. I'll be, you know, constant coverage of the, the Vancouver Titans will be coming out and always posted there. So if you are interested in recaps, previews, 
analysis, anything like that when it comes to the Vancouver Overwatch League team. Uh, you know, that that is uh, where you can find all of my stuff. So uh, if you can uh, drop a follow there, very much appreciated. But like I said, it's been uh, really fun. I, I really enjoyed uh, coming on with you guys. Awesome. Well, no, thank you for joining <laughs> us. And, you know, for those that uh, don't know, uh, I gave you absolutely zero notice. It was like, hey, you want to join us? Um, but I think we need to get get you back on uh, from time to time because uh, it does sound like you know what you're talking about, which for us in this three-person podcast, we only got Omni who can, you know, take credit for that. <laughs> uh, Omni, final words of wisdom uh, that you might have. Uh, nothing funny or wise to say today. I'm just going to drop the fact that I got 74 limbs as far yesterday against uh, a soldier McCree duo. Just get good out there, boys. Well, I thought you needed to be practicing for your, your Hanzo 1v1 against Bumper. Uh, well, it's projectile. It's close enough. Okay, okay. Um, as far as uh, words of wisdom for me, it's just the same old stuff. You know, Follow us at ReadySetPwn.com. We're on Twitter at ReadySetPwn, Facebook.com slash ReadySetPwn, or our group which is RSP looking for group. Again, I know I've been uh, a little bit remiss in publishing information there, but it's not just me. I've actually opened it up. If you're a member of uh, RSP looking for group, uh, feel free to share any news that you might want to share. It can be esports news, sports news. It could be your favorite recipe for mac and cheese because I can't eat it. Uh, again, whatever you'd like to share. <laughs> uh, we're also on Instagram at uh, Ready, Set, Pwn. Again, Ready, Set, Pwn is pretty much everything about us. And then there is our own Discord where we occasionally have fun conversations about uh, all sorts of weirdness and wackiness, but it's a nice quiet place where I continue to tell Smith storm that I'm going to steal his cat. Seriously. You got to see this guy's cat. It is the cutest thing. But uh, on behalf of Omni at Omni strife, our guest here, shy guy, who's at shy guy, OW on Twitter, the missing in action, Sam at another Sam channel, myself, Chris at light force. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the ready set poem podcast. If you've got this far and you have yet to click that subscribe button, I would love, I would love for you to click it and tune in week after week. So with that, I'm going to tell you two words. Catchphrase. Thank you.